Hey everyone, welcome to the Wayward Podcast. I'm Jordy. I'm Haley. And I'm Ashley. And today we are going to be talking about A Tall Dark Trouble, which follows twin sisters Delphi and Ophelia in present-day Miami, and also Anita in 1980s Cuba. All three of these women have magical powers, and they are known as brujas. However, this book is equal parts romance, mystery, and magic. So to start off, how did you guys like this book? How did you like the read? I thought it was really interesting to get a magic practice as the focus that isn't normally in like a lot of fantasy novels, I feel like. Most of them seem like they have like a very European, maybe Celtic kind of bias to it. And it, so it was really interesting to hear about all of these other practices that they mentioned throughout the book. So I really liked it. I thought it was an interesting perspective. Yeah, I really liked how we also went to the author event that one of the local bookstores had here where the author was speaking. And she kind of dived a little deeper into the difference between the Santeria practice, which I think was the more religious aspect mm-hmm. to it, versus the kind of magical side that seemed to be where the darker and more sinister stuff kind of emerged from. But I agree with you. I feel like a lot of what I've read on fantasy or anything to do with magic or anything witchcraft has been more European-based, where this one, like, they're from Cuba and everything's, like, Cuban, as far as I know. So it was really cool to get that perspective. And I felt like this was a great YA book because they didn't overdo it with the romance part of it and it was Mm -hmm. very good for the mystery aspect and I thought it was very refreshing. Yeah, I really liked the magic and everything, but I really liked how it was the dual point of view, or I guess triple, but like present day and then 1980s Cuba so we got like when Fidel Castro came to power or like the height of it and then when he died timeline I thought that was really cool and when the author was talking she was talking about how she like never lived in Cuba so she had like a disconnect between his death it wasn't to her as big of a deal but she knew how important it was like for uh, like her culture so I really liked how she included that in the book and that was cool to read something that I I really don't know much about so overall we thought this was a good one this was definitely a smash for me I would recommend this one yeah definitely okay now my favorite question who is everybody's favorite couple (laughs) that's tough I um, I don't know I really liked reading about Anita and Alberto Hilberto we We, yeah Ashley do you speak any Spanish um a little bit but I know my pronunciation is usually way off base All right, so please forgive us. None of us speak Spanish, so we're pronouncing the best we can. But yeah, for everyone, that's the 1980s timeline perspective. Mm -hmm. The woman, Anita, I like seeing her relationships and kind of what came of those. I really, really liked, I for the life of me cannot remember the guy's name, but Ophelia was my favorite (laughs) of the twins and really of any of the characters. And I love their slow burn thing going on that was happening throughout the book because I normally am not a fan of slow burns. I get like way too impatient, but the kind of will there, won't they aspects of this one in particular, 
I really liked and I really engaged with it. I believe Ethan. Yeah. With the glasses and cute and they were Ethan, yes. Like childhood sweethearts. Mm-hmm. So very slow burn. Yeah. No, that was definitely my favorite trope is friends to lovers. So that was easily my favorite. I love when friends just are like, Oh yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. So is that your favorite couple too? Yes. Ophelia and Ethan. Alright, so I guess the other one we left out was Delphi <laughs> and Andres, who I I really liked their relationship. I think theirs honestly would have been my second favorite because it was kind of like a second chance romance Mm -hmm. and you got to see the growth of Delphi because and I mean we're going to talk about it but they have this family curse where the women in the family you know any man that they love like this curse kind of rottens that and rottens the person and so they try to kind of stay away from any man and I don't know I liked seeing that kind of like play out and yeah yeah without giving too much away but I guess yeah (laughs) I know I guess we'll just talk about it at the author event and I'm so glad that she brought this up because I wonder if I would have like really not picked up on it but she was saying that the curse that um So basically the twins, it was their grandma, like, cursed all the women in their family to be, like, bad at love, basically. And, like, the men would become monsters. And the author was saying she wanted it to be an actual curse, but it really represents generational trauma and generational curses with families. Where, like, with all this unresolved trauma, the pattern continues throughout the generations. And I thought, whoa, that was beautiful how she did it. And then by the end of the book, the trauma is healed. Yeah, and it's... it's great too because it's like oh it's so easy to blame generational traumas on something other than like our own behaviors Mm -hmm. and then if we don't acknowledge that it's us doing this thing then you don't have to work on it and so I thought that was really good and I love seeing that stuff especially in a YA book because I feel like the earlier you're exposed to things like that the earlier you can kind of stop the generational cycle of whatever I definitely I feel like this is kind of a common thing with like horror books with a lot of fantasy books but the whole concept of taking something that is like normally a very internalized psychological process and then having like a literal physical representation of that has always been something that I've really really loved engaging with and really any kind of media and so I really had the same opinion kind of of the whole curse being a really useful way of externalizing that more negative like internal process essentially yeah I really really liked it yeah it was it's just like so fun and I loved how throughout this entire thing you could kind of see not just with the love curse quote-unquote but with kind of everything that was happening whether it was generationally like denying certain parts of yourself or Mm. making decisions for other people that you think are in their best interest but it's like no let people decide for themselves what they're going to do and like let them learn and just be who they are and that's a good example too because the twins throughout the book were like hiding different things from each other when it's like you guys are literally two powerful beings who need to be able to communicate with each other because if you don't all these bad things will happen yeah and i i thought it was also interesting between the sisters because one delphi would try to protect ophelia and she'd be like i'm not going to tell her these Mm -hmm. things because she's not as strong as i am or i need to be the protector and then ophelia wasn't telling delphi things because you know ophelia felt like she had the weight of the family on her Mm -hmm. shoulders and she needs to balance the relationship with 
their mom and what they're doing. And I love how this just shows you can never not have enough communication between people because it's like you can't just make assumptions of what people are thinking and feeling and then make decisions based off those assumptions. Mm-hmm. like just talk to people and like i i say this because like i know i need to work on that stuff too i feel like we're we're all human we all do this we all think we know what's best yeah all right now i know we kind of talked about it and how we felt but the magic what did you all think of their powers and i know from i haven't actually read many witch books or like witchy books but it's been very different they weren't like specific gifts like Ophelia is able to touch objects and she can tell the history of it and Delphi can taste your emotions. I feel like in the witchy books I have read it was the stereotypical curses and everything. spells, potions. Mm -hmm. I am just always fascinated when it comes to this stuff because I feel like in every book that I read it's all the same but different Mm -hmm. like and I just get fascinated by how people are creative enough to come up with stuff like this that you know like may or may not be real but like i know in particular at least from when the author was talking about everything that was used it was a little bit of you know what she grew up with what she's heard some superstition so i kind of like that we got a mix of history with the practice with potentially what i'm assuming is what she kind of made up in her head for the girl's gifts and whatnot but i thought it was really cool because i've never like thought of you know tasting somebody's emotions I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like I forget what it's called but like you hear something or you see something and you think colors Mm -hmm. that's kind of what it reminded me of but for this is like tasting emotions and I really liked how they were able to use their gifts to further the plot and to help each other I was definitely struck by the tasting too that was uh, the first thing that I thought of when you brought up this question was that I feel like there are so many other forms of like clairvoyance and what you were thinking of was aura reading I think right no it's like the actual medical condition I think like Lord has it like Billie Eilish when they like hear music they see colors and like I know in the book Hester when she oh what is it when she sees letters she sees when she sees words she like sees colors or something like that oh is it synesthesia yes Yes. okay yeah thank you true (laughs) but yeah I feel like a lot of the time when it comes to extra sensory kind of stuff it is very much focused on sight or hearing kind of senses and I can't remember what it was that I was either watching or reading but at one point within like the last year I encountered for the first time somebody talking about smell predictions and stuff and I was like oh that's really neat but I had never seen or heard anything about taste readings like that until this book and that was another thing too that I was really interested to know about since I was not able to go to the author event and you guys were able to hear like a little bit more context about her writing process I am not really familiar with any of these practices and so I was really interested to know what practices are around it actually in the religion itself and which ones are things that she's added in just to put a little bit more color and like fantasy elements into the story so it's interesting that you guys noted that she did apparently use a lot of the actual practices in her writing so wait going back to one of the things you said about the smelling sensory thing what is that 
basically being able to like in the same way that people can see future stuff through like visual clairvoyance or like hear stuff the smelling one I cannot it's gonna bother me so much if I don't remember uh, what this is in <laughs> but it was somebody was able to predict stuff that happened in the future based on smells appearing to them before they actually were in their physical environment so like fire smell uh, food smell all of these various things Oh, yeah. That's wow. so cool. That'd be crazy to have that. Oh, I, I feel like I would just want that. Well, then it's like, are you smelling things all the time? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of like what with Delphi. It's like, oh my gosh, you're around humans all the time and humans are always feeling some sort of emotion. I just was just like, what does the inside of your mouth taste like all the time if you're around so many different emotions all the time? Or is it like you pick up what you want to pick up on and like try to like focus in on like one person? In the book you saw, she would go to the Jolly Ranchers because she would have to, she wanted to get people's taste out of her mouth to try and control it but I really got like empath vibes that was an empath but to the 100th degree yeah that's actually really good I didn't even think about that yeah because I was like (laughs) that feels kind of obvious now the different point of views how did you feel about the chapters going from present day to the 80s I really liked the back and forth and I feel like it, it all made sense for the story but also like, ooh. Like you would rather not have had the 80s timeline for the background information? No, I, I really did like it, but the every chapter. Oh, really? I was obsessed with, we would get Delphi, then Ophelia, then Anita. Oh, you liked like, the pattern? Yeah, because for some reason for me, when it's multiple points of view and especially different timelines, I hate when we'll go seven chapters mm-hmm. without going back to one of the specific timelines. I felt like... I knew what was coming and I knew what to expect and I loved how it was very... Like a pattern. Yeah, I could see that too. I just didn't really like Anita's story until halfway through. Really? Like when the like initiation was coming closer and closer, that's when I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Before then, I kind of was like, eh. So, like, for me, it was, like, eh, for her, and eh, for Delphi, I really just wanted to get to Ophelia, but I really liked it. Like, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was boring or anything. Mm-hmm. The thing that I thought was kind of interesting about the flashbacks was that they were in third person, though, instead of first person, which I think was kind of part of the reason why that threw me a little bit as well. Yes. I was not as much a fan of the 80s flashbacks, but I think it was because we're not in Anita's head like you were in the other two perspectives. So, I feel like to some degree I understand keeping it in third person just from like a logistical standpoint of having it stand out as different from the present day timeline even down to just like the perspective nitty-gritty syntax but I do wish that we got more of her internal processes and struggles and emotions about what was going on other than what she is just visibly outwardly expressing. Yeah I echo that now that you're saying it because it's like during moments when her and Rafa who's her brother were kind of not necessarily going at it but butting heads with what they believed and what they thought was right I would have loved to have seen her perspective kind of shifting from what her mother really wanted and thinking that was her only option to something else 
And it's like, we can kind of see because of context of everything, but yeah, definitely getting a more intimate perspective on that would have been cool. But I, I liked it because each perspective, this is also one of the first books where each perspective I kind of felt the same about. There wasn't one that I loved way more Mm. than the other. They all kind of were the same level of interesting to me. I will say I usually don't get emotional in books or maybe I just haven't read enough books to whatever that makes me feel emotional but Anita's point of view I guess it's definitely a spoiler but when she finally like escapes Cuba I got so emotional because she was alone but all of her friends and her brother like sacrificed themselves just to let her go because it meant just like okay one more person to freedom and I really like how we get the twins perspective or like we have the female relationships in the present day but in the 80s perspective we got to see like a really sweet brother and sister relationship okay now the villain did anyone see that coming so at the beginning when we're getting introduced to all the characters and as soon as we got introduced to delphi's mentor Mm -hmm. it's like okay okay you're either gonna be great or you're gonna this is not gonna work out this is not gonna be good but i was like nothing is the only thing that was pointing me in that direction was the fact that there have been other stories where it's like oh the mentor is the one (laughs) that you know screwed everything up and i was like okay i'm not getting any clues for that so really honestly up until things kind of started hitting the fan because I was like okay somebody here has to be bad and like I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know how this is gonna play out I don't know how all these things are gonna connect and come back together but the one thing I knew was like something's fishy with Zuela so I feel like I didn't always see it coming but toward like I'd say like 75% in I was like okay I think if I have to choose a bad guy this is who I would want it to be because I didn't want it to be any of the other characters yeah what did you guys think of Zuela being the villain I really liked her so I think I was kind of blinded by the fact that I was like oh I like this character and so that threw me (laughs) I was actually honestly expecting Ethan to be the villain oh that's a good one because he was kind of weird toward like the middle but i was saying to jordan that that was the curse taking well because there it said you know like they've been friends forever but every time she would touch him she would see him you know crying in his bedroom where he's being weird with his parents and whatnot and i was like this is weird and i felt like by the end i didn't think it got resolved for me but then when Haley made that comment i was like oh okay i guess but i thought it was I also just want to say back to the Ethan crying and like the parallel between the actual curse and trauma is how many times Ophelia was like, we'll talk later, we'll talk later, we'll talk later. And like she was ignoring him because she didn't want to be open with him. And so we see her lack of communication with him while he's crying in his room and he's becoming a shell of the person he once was. I was just like, whoa, mind blown. Like that was so good. Okay, but anyways, I did not expect her. Ashley, I like you, I was team Zuela. I was like, oh, this is so good. A strong female mentor. This is so good. Who's helping them embrace their powers. powers. And then all of a sudden, it was like 50% into the book. And Zuela calls Delphi and says, you weren't supposed to do that without me. I didn't think anything of it other than like, oh, that's like a little weird. It didn't go in my head like, oh, bad guy. I was just like, hmm, that's a little controlling. But I didn't yeah, think anything like, of you it. You could also excuse it to, you know, Delphi doesn't really know how to use all yes. the powers. Doesn't really know what she's doing. So it's like, don't try to do the harder stuff without me right so i didn't think anything of it but i did take note of it and i remembered it and the more it went on i was like no 
Well, and she was always very sketchy with the people coming into her shop. Mm-hmm. And she always tried to say that they were, like, bad, which is... But I also feel like a lot of this is coming from hindsight bias, because it's like, obviously, I knew it was sketchy looking back <laughs> at it, because she's well, bad. Well, yeah, and, like, she tried to blame this one other woman who turns out to be Andre's, Andre's grandmother. She tries to go, oh, she's dark witch. Oh, yeah, and um, as soon as we meet her, and she goes, oh, you've been working with... with yes, that's, that's it. Hmm. But she's the example of the difference between the religion and then the magical practice. She likes to keep them separate, but remember that they're the same, kind of. So we were all kind of shocked, which is, like, that's really cool. Because I feel you're definitely a very avid, like, mystery person. So is Ashley. So for both of you to kind of be like, oh, we didn't see it coming, that's great for, like, a YA. Touche. Now, how do we feel about ending? I love the ending. I did chuckle a little bit just because I I was in the Coast Guard. And so as soon as, I forget who said it, but like they get taken, Delphi's taken on the boat and they go out to the high seas and Duela's taking her to Cuba and Delphi says some comment like, we'll never make it past the Coast Guard. (laughs) I'm like, you would. I you know. Would. I literally laughed out loud too, and I was like, I cannot wait to say this to Jordan. I was like, unless the Coast Guard, uh, unless the Coast Guard was alerted, like, hey, there's a kidnapping, <laughs> yeah. and it's this type of boat. They were last seen here, expected to go to Cuba, patrol these waters. <laughs> They're probably not going to, because otherwise, it's like, oh, okay, it's just like another boat out here. You know, but yeah, it was funny and I thought it ended very poetically and very beautifully with everything that happened with Zuela getting her backstory and what happened and the way she kind of left and the mom coming out. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention that the 1980s Anita is Delphi and Ophelia's mom. Yeah, that was the big plot twist at the end right when you're learning that Zuela's bad, you learn that Anita is their mom and she changed her name and all of these people that they were working with or trying to escape or trying to figure out why they were murdered because Delphi and Ophelia were getting these visions of people dying and that's how they kind of got into this whole thing because they were trying to figure out their murder. I thought everything was wrapped up very nicely. I agree. I really liked that the ending ended on a positive note because I feel like it's so easy with stories that grapple with trauma but especially like really long-standing intergenerational trauma it's easy to kind of take the nihilistic route and be like oh yeah no this wasn't resolved this really horrible thing happened and it's just going to continue to happen I really like that it was a hopeful ending that they were able to work through everything and come out of it on the other side stronger than before I love the happy ending and I really like with Delphi and Andre that you assume obviously that they're going to end up together but it wasn't like oh we're together it was I haven't seen him in a while I invited him here we're going to take it slow because you still need to heal and mend the lying and deceiving like you both did to each other you don't just go okay now that the bad guy's gone I guess we're both good to go yeah (laughs) and not to kind of get ahead of anything here but the author also has a book coming out I don't know if it's next year in 2025 25 25. and i'm kind of blanking on everything that she went over but i remember while oh something i'm not even gonna try but definitely same type of vibes as this book the way she was describing i don't know if it's gonna be another ya or if it's gonna be adult fantasy fiction but it sounded so good and i'm so excited to read anything else that she comes out with oh so excited it's one where it's like an old folklore i think she said argentinian argentina 
Yeah, but it's anyway about like a woman in the woods. Yeah, who lures men, who like like. lures men who have cheated on their wives. But she wanted to change the story to be like, oh, her whole purpose isn't just about luring men who've done something bad. She has more than that. Just that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. She was so fabulous. Yeah, definitely a cool author. Yeah, so fabulous. Okay, so for today's game. It's not really a game, but we're just going to pick if we could have any of these abilities. It doesn't have to be the emotions or, like, touching and seeing objects, but what kind of gift would we want? I think that I would want to be, like, Ophelia and be able to touch objects and learn their past and, yeah, just, like, more about whatever I was touching. Honestly, probably same. I'm such a pack rat. Like, I literally just kind of take various things that people have thrown away, but I think are pretty, like little trinkets and stuff. And I always kind of like wonder where a lot of them came from, especially the ones that I get at antique malls, that kind of stuff. And I would absolutely love to be able to like pick up a little porcelain doll and be like, where did you come from? And just be able to know. Yeah. Agreed. That would be so cool. And especially like if you're like able to touch people, it's kind of like going into their mind a little bit. I think that would be kind of cool. But like not mind reading at the same time. Yeah. I love Delphi's gift the most out of all of them. I thought that was so cool. But I'd want to take her gift of being able to like taste emotions. I would want to be able to taste everyone's emotions, but then kind of control them. Dang. I think that would be like You'd want to force what you would want people to feel? Or what are you talking about? I mean, if I'm going to, like, solve crime, I think that would be very useful. Not to be able to, like, taste emotion be like, oh, this person's nervous. All right, let me make them feel guilty or let me make them feel uncomfortable. You would want to make some, isn't that like a forced confession? (laughs) (laughs) If it gets a murderer off the streets. This is... But, like, what if they didn't murder them? Aren't you, like, about criminal justice reform? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is, like, a me Like, the last podcast I said, I was like, I love snakes. I love people who will, like, step on people's back. This is a fake world where nobody does anything bad. Except for you, forcing people <laughs> into confessions. <laughs> no, I think it would be... <laughs> or I guess like the positive thing, like you can make people feel at yeah, ease like and comfortable or like happy yeah. when they're sad. But like everyone knows guilty. We all have like a little toxic streak <laughs> yeah. in us where we're like, I want that person to feel bad <laughs> what they did. You would definitely need a mentor, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll put it like a caveat on the power. I couldn't control you from across the world. You'd have to be like in my vicinity. That's a way I won't be corrupt. Because <laughs> then I'd just like control everything and life wouldn't be fun that way (laughs) (laughs) all right well what did you guys rate the book out of five stars five oh i didn't even think about that (laughs) probably four and a half or five yeah i said solid four but then just because of how happy it makes me i bumped it up to five (laughs) (laughs) awesome all right yeah well this book comes highly recommended by all of us so definitely go out and get it and happy readings everybody The Wayward Podcast is edited by the talented and magnificent Riley Tinlin.